podcast was recorded on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. This episode also discusses events that occurred on the land of the Jajarurung people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Welcome back to In Those Days. Thanks, Penny. I've got Christina here with me. Um, Now, every episode, what we like to do is we have a guest on the show and I do a little bit of research and find some articles in the National Library of Australia's archives trove Mm -hmm. and then I share it with our guest. But before we start, I would like to talk a little bit about Trove because... You do like to talk about I do. I like to share my information with Christina so that she can learn something. It's good that I keep learning. Yeah, exactly. Lifelong learner. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Last week, I think I was telling you about how in Trove anyone can make corrections Mm. to the text if there's a mistake, which is, is really great. But some people can even take it to the next level. Is there a next level from there? Yeah, there is. There's Trove homework. Wow. And that is when the, the good people at Trove actually set an assignment for all of us Aww. Trove heads. They suggest a topic and they set up a search so that it finds articles on those topics that have never been corrected. Oh, my gosh, it's like grade three all over again. And then everyone joins in and, and corrects those articles. So, like, recently at Easter they yep. had one with articles on, about chocolate. So they just had the word chocolate and articles that had never been corrected. Now, do you want to guess how many articles there are in Trove that mention the word chocolate and had never been corrected? 20,000. No, it was over 376,000. How many of those did you work through and correct, Penny? I did one. Mm. So Small steps. Small exactly. Steps. So, um, you know, they're just it's just chipping away at it very, very slowly. Mm. But I think that gives you some idea of, like, the extent of Trove and how much stuff is in there. Now that we've learned something, should we go and get our guests for today, Christina? Let's do that. Hello. Now, here today we've got Bronwyn Tracy with us. Hi, Bronwyn. Hi, Penny. Hi, Christina. Hi, Bronwyn. And Bronwyn is my friend from high school. And, and not a tangy. And not a tangy, which is a very exciting first for this podcast. But still a tea. Not related to me, but I have known her for You're over 20 such years. A teacher, such a teacher. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the letter T. Now, Bronwyn is a teacher. Terrific. And she also studied history at university. Mm. Terrible choice. And Bronwyn's <laughs> thesis in her honours, was mm-hmm. about, well, tell me if I'm getting this wrong, it was about, it was based on the diaries of World War I soldiers and I'm sure you had a brilliant argument that you were making about that. If, if only I could remember what that was. Uh, based on the, yes, the diary accounts of field ambulance servicemen, to be oh specific, God. and how they experienced the war and what you could glean from those records and what you could... Trauma. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. And and what proportion of them died? It was quite a high. Uh, out of the six that I wrote about. In the war, of, I mean. Two of them died there. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. So you are very familiar with archives and libraries and you know your way around them. I, I did once. Yes. I may not now in the in the digital, digital age. But, of course, Trove wasn't, wasn't around mm. then. No, but I, I did spend time, you know, in a what seemed like a locked dark box somewhere in the State Library looking at 
because that was the only place you were allowed to look at. Yeah. Was that on microfiche? Yes. Mm. Oh, so she's like done proper research. She's like a proper mm. historian person. I used to mm. panic grab books for essays <laughs> at uni and just grab a quote from one, shut it, move on to the next. Once I went in there and stayed inside so long one day that when I came out, the whole horizon and sky was brown because it was one of the big, like, big bushfire seasons. Oh. And it had all come out and I was like, oh. The world has ended. While I've been <laughs> inside <laughs> reading the library, yeah. aren't allowed to leave the library, and I've come outside, and you know the That's war a, has begun. Um, it's the start of a novel, though. Like someone's in the library researching the war, and then they come out, and the wars. And oh, I'm sure started. it's a few movies. I think, that yeah, I've seen. I think Penny's got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but have you used recent? More recently, have you used Trove much? Have you gone on? And- I may have here and there for. Images, particularly when I was working for the education department on their website, Fuse. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because the State Library sometimes produced uh, educational resources for us to, you know, host within Fuse and... Proper work. <laughs> Proper work. But what about fun? What about for fun? Have you used Oh, I enjoyed fun? it. I enjoyed it. No, but I mean just in your personal life, just a personal hobby. It's a real here niche there, market. Here and there I have looked up pictures from Guildford, yes, which is where I live, in um, north central Victoria, just uh, because I have a general interest in history and local history in particular. Well, Bronwyn is from, <laughs> yeah, Bronwyn's from a little town called Guildford and it's near the town where I grew up, which is called Newstead. Mm. And sometimes we pretend, it's really only pretend, isn't mm. it, Bronwyn, that there's a rivalry between the two towns. Yes. It was really just between you and I. Yeah, because <laughs> Newstead's clearly better. Mm. Um, <laughs> it is a slight. It's a slightly bigger town. I don't know. It if is it was always bigger. Guildford's bigger. No, Newstead's bigger than Guildford. So I looked up Newstead on Airbnb the other day because yeah. that's my idea of light <laughs> entertainment. Not <laughs> I not love, Trove. I love looking. And there's up only Airbnb. there's only one, only one Airbnb in Newstead. Oh, there's so I'll have to look up Guildford. Mm-hmm. So obviously I don't use the Airbnb when I go to Newstead. I just stay with Dad. Um, <laughs> so for my search strategy for you, having Bronwyn on the podcast, what I did is I looked up Guildford. Now, Bronwyn, your relatives haven't lived in Guildford for a very long time. So no. Trove really only goes back until the mid-1950s. So I, I went back further than that. And so what I searched for was the street where you grew up, Bronwyn, in the house mm. in Friars Street. Mm-hmm. And I did find... A nice little article from in 1907 and every week they would have like a report in from the districts. And so Guildford, I found one on Guildford's. The most exciting things that happened in Guildford in that week. Okay, it was the Mount Alexander Mail Mm. and it's from Tuesday 30th of April 1907. On Wednesday last, we again had a runaway horse with a vehicle attached galloping through our streets. Again. Again. How many times this year? 1907 was a big year for <laughs> runaway horses galloping through the street. I wonder street. where it was You're... heading to. I'm glad you asked, Christina. We are mm. going to get to that. Good. Okay. I had questions. <laughs> the turnout belonged to Mr Ebry of Yandoit. Now, there's still Ebrys in the district, isn't there, Bronwyn? I, I, I don't think there's know. an Ebry living in Newstead anyway. There possibly is, but I have a shocking lack of knowledge yeah. of people that live in my area, despite <laughs> being born there and living there my entire life. The turnout belonged to Mr Ebry of Yandoid, who had been to the railway station with a load of rabbits. 
Um, I'm sure they were for pets, Christina. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't yeah, worry, pet, pet rabbits. Yeah. Um, Dwarf been lots. to Guildford Railway Station? Or yes. Now, mm-hmm. Guildford Railway Station, where's Guildford Railway Station? I didn't even... Uh, so when you come into Guildford from Castlemaine and you go under a bridge? Yeah. Yeah, it's just up on the left. Ah, is there anything left of it? Is there like yes. an old building? No. It's like a lump of dirt with some sleepers. It's a quite an odd raised mound of dirt, but that's yeah. It's covered in a lot of overgrown grass at the moment. If you didn't know that it was a railway station, you probably you wouldn't. Probably get a shovel and dig around there and find some interesting old, old things. tickets. Mm. Yeah, they might be gone. Yeah, sure, that's a good but point. yes, you wouldn't necessarily drive up there and think, ah, oh, railway station. Right. Okay. And there was never a railway station in your lifetime that you no. remember there? No. Yeah. Trains ran, but there was no station. Well, in these days, it was it was thriving, this railway station. And you know what the load of rabbits made me think about? When I first met Bronwyn, I think I was like in year nine or something, or maybe year nine or ten, and yep. one day Bronwyn said something about the chook man. And there was this man, there was a man who used to come around Guildford with a low, with chooks to yeah. sell for eating. Mm. And um, and she called him, always just called him the chook man. Mm-hmm. And I said to Bronwyn, oh, that's my uncle. That's my Uncle Bill. And Bronwyn would just flat out, would not <laughs> believe me and just thought I was joking. I could not convince her that the chook man was actually my uncle. <laughs> and yet now I can picture him standing in the doorway with a chook and it like, it, I think of him, he looks just like your father. Yeah, he does. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and like his dad used to help Uncle Bill with the chook sometimes as well. Um, but I guess you just didn't see that side of my dad because my dad was like a school principal. So I think Bob Who dabbled like, in chooks. He was a school. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't quite. He was probably hiding out on the road somewhere mm. or staying in the car. So this is Mr. Ebury is the, the rabbit man. Yes. Of Guildford. Okay. He had just finished unloading and was engaged in placing a tarpaulin over the crates containing the rabbits when something startled the horse, a young one, just recently broken in, and it galloped off down the road leading from the station and up through Templeton Street when it very nearly caused a smash as it passed within a few inches of Mr C. Smith who was driving along the road in a buggy and was unaware of the approach of the runaway that was coming along behind until his attention was attracted by some eyewitnesses who were lustily called... Lustily. ..and and warned him of his danger. I would suggest it's pretty obvious what caused the spook. (laughs) I have never seen a horse be a calm individual around a tarpaulin. Just... (laughs) Just a bit of a general bit of feedback. If you're flapping your tarpaulin, that horse is not going to stand there. So this is the thing that I would never know that yeah. about horses. No, if you've got a tarpaulin that's flying around, forget about your horse standing still. I feel like we've solved a 110-year-old yeah. mystery here of what startled the like, why are we? Why are we having this <laughs> conundrum? Clearly the tarpaulin is the issue. And I would just like to point out that that sentence that I just read out when I was getting... I felt there was no punctuation. There there is 103 words. Wow. 103 words in one sentence. So obviously in the the olden days I had sort of a bit of lung capacity and uh, and a bit of longer attention span so they could keep reading. Well, there's no TV or phones to check. And no commas. (laughs) Okay. Now this is where... We get very relevant. Hmm. He just had time to swerve his horse a few inches when the other trap dashed past. It then turned down Friars Street, Friars Street, that's Mm -hmm. Bromman Street, Mm -hmm. and ran over some bed logs of the old town pump which were lying alongside the road. 
the pump having been recently dismantled. This caused the trap to capsize, throwing the contents out onto the road. Mm -hmm. So now we've got to imagine Mm -hmm. rabbits. Chaos. Rabbits everywhere, dead Mm -hmm. rabbits everywhere. Or the live rabbits hopping around. Yeah, on the way to the show. They haven't (laughs) clarified. The horse then continued on its mad career, dragging the trap along on its side until it reached the railing on the side of the culvert near the big tree in Friar Street into which it bumped. (laughs) Now, Bronwyn understands now why I'm reading out this article Mm -hmm. because it mentions the big tree. Mm. Right. Which is one of my favourite things in the the whole district. Mm. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with the big tree. Now, Christine, have you ever visited the big tree? I have not visited the big tree, Penny. And, Bronwyn, would you like to tell Christina what the big tree is? The big tree is a very big tree. (laughs) Excellent. In Guildford. And quite possibly the most or only notable thing about it. Okay. What sort of tree is it? Oh, it's a river red gum, I mm-hmm. believe. That's okay. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. And, well, especially if you grow up there, like there is, it's just, you know, you are imbued with <laughs> the state of the big tree. Like yep. there is, and I've, I've got a few photos that I brought today, which is useless in a um, But we can look at them audio and describe. Medium, but yes, I can show you. Excellent. It is the number. It's definitely the number one tourist attraction in Guildford. And I like that you didn't have to build it either. Like it's there itself. It's It's not like the big ram or the big pineapple or Mm -mm. anything. It's just. It is. It is massive. Like when you sit, like it's a genuinely impressive tree. Like when you stand next to it, like it's 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 huge. Mm -hmm. And there's also, and this used to confuse me. There is also a big tree park now. Would you think that the big tree would be in the big tree park? I would have thought so. It's not. No. No. It's across the road. Well, perhaps owing to the success (laughs) of the big tree itself, they wanted another tourist attraction. It is is named for. Yeah, because when you stand in it, you can see the big Mm -hmm. tree. Yeah. And I, yeah. When you stand in it, the magpies that live in the top of the big tree come and swoop you in big tree park. (laughs) Lovely. It's a a relationship. Well, I guess, like, if you visit... Like Dolly World, like Dolly Parton's world, you wouldn't expect that she's there. That's similar. correct. Thank you, similar. It is Only I'd sim- had this. Yeah, very know, similar. Twenty-five years ago. To yeah. <laughs> when, <that> I, penny. <laughs> when I would not stop going on about it. Yeah. Um, and yes, exactly. And 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 it's very similar because the role that the big tree plays in Guildford's economy is very similar to Dolly World mm. in Tennessee. And she is actually. I just found this out recently. Mm. She does a lot of charity work. Yes, mm. she and does. Just doesn't amazing. Doesn't really say much about it, but she just quietly gets on with things. Amazing lady, and of course she did the she donated that money for the vaccine as well. Yeah, yeah. developed. I think we could all learn a lot from Dolly. She's oh, I can't. Oh, I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the big tree does nothing for charity, but it does <laughs> quietly. Yeah. Just yes. doesn't have to. Quietly does its thing. But it's what it symbolises. Mm-hmm. That it is somewhere between, apparently, 500 and 1,000 years mm-hmm. old. And I've had a bit of, um, been, uh, there's a bit of uncertainty about the girth of the tree. Oh. Um, because on Wikipedia it said it's got a height of 34 metres and mm-hmm. a circumference of 9.35 metres. Circumference is girth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all the whole way around. around. Um, and then in the Sydney Morning Herald, I found an article that said the girth at the base was 12.8 metres, which is significantly more. Yes, I have that here on uh, something oh, that I have provided, which is goodness. a local history of Guildford. Oh, my God. I was um, hoping Bronwyn would provide clarity on this issue. Excellent. But, no, well, just wait. 
<laughs> written on the back in what appears to be my father's handwriting. Right. Uh, with no actual reference to the big tree, it says 12.8 metre girth. Yep. And I mean, what else would he be talking about? 26 metre tall. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, look but at the But surely it cover. keeps growing. So wouldn't it be a constantly evolving girth? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's slowed down. I think, I think yeah, it's done. Perhaps if it's like possibly 1,000 years more. Um, so, Bronwyn, what is this pamphlet on Guildford that you've, you've brought? This appears to have been written. It says at the back, Guildford Today, 1988. So, no doubt it was written for our bicentennial. For the bicentennial, <laughs> which was a big event in Guildford and did involve uh, a parade down to the big tree and back. Uh, As do most events. <laughs> yeah, let's all go to the big tree. But I am wondering why the measurements of the big tree, if indeed that is what they are, uh, written in my father's handwriting on the back of the book, whether they're actually in the book or not. There are other are there important. Can you show? Bro- is there a picture of the big tree just to on show? The front Christina? cover. There is. The, the problem it with that picture, though, is you're not getting the context. There's a recent photo of Bronwyn at the big tree. I'm just going on to Facebook yep. where Bronwyn posted a photo. That is huge. It's Huge. I mean, you can see Bronwyn there has prostrated herself on yeah. a uh, on a knob, the official knob, the knob of the yeah. mm-hmm. of the big tree, and and like she can curve herself around the knob, and then there's just still heaps of tree left. Yes, really well, if, disturbing if, visuals there. If I was as <laughs> as athletic as I once was, what you do at the knob is you climb and sit on top of the knob. I'm not able to do. <laughs> oh, that. how times have changed. Oh yes. <laughs> well, we're nearly in our forties now. So. <laughs> There'll be no climbing on top of the knob. So now we just embrace the knob. <laughs> In whatever way feels right and what your body allows. So I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I'll just finish this um, this because I'm sure the you're wondering. Horse. This horse, yes. it's, on, it's mm. on the run. It's heading toward, it's bumped into the big tree. Cannot, <laughs> Didn't see it. It cannot have been comfortable. Must have had its blinkers on. <laughs> It then went on a few yards further and turned in a circle when it seemed to have had enough of this kind of prank and stood quietly until it was caught. Strange to say, after all the bumping and knocking about, the turnout got but very little damage was done, only the splashboard and some of the ironwork on the side of the vehicle being broken. I really needed to know that detail. Yeah, you know. I was concerned. Exactly. So basically a horse... Was loose for a while. Um, <laughs> didn't no one got hurt, and there wasn't much damage done. There might be rabbits everywhere. Mm. No time for punctuation. That's it. And of course, after I found this, though, I got you know because any excuse to be looking up the big tree, and I will take it. So I'm looking in Trove. I'm searching Big Tree Guildford. It's a little bit tricky because there's other Guildfords in Australia, mm. and there's other trees as well. Mm. People talk about them, and they're not relevant to me, but. So this this is a problem, but then I, I I did sort of manage you know narrowing it down by by the newspapers which you can do and all that sort of thing, and I've actually found that people didn't really refer to the big tree very much mm. at all, and and that surprised me because in that article you know it was called the big tree and mm, that yeah. was in 1907, but it didn't really get talked about that much. So do you know when it's and I wondered if May well probably initially there were probably a lot of other big trees that unfortunately they cut down Mm -hmm. so do you know but all your life it was the big tree it's it's been notable all my life yes it's had you had a sign nearby you know describing it and it well actually I think it used to inaccurately describe its history but But they've probably been changed now but uh, now there is uh, like a wooden 
fence around it, if you like, or partial, not not to stop you getting in. But, yeah, because you know. that would be. But that I don't believe that was there Against when the I was religion a kid. Of mm. Audience, do you yes, think that's the rivalry? With past. Newstead and Guildford is such that you could have a rebel faction from Newstead come over with chainsaws and attack the big tree. Well, that it is. It, there's two <laughs> things that are interesting there, Christina, because um, the, the Guildford tree has not always been safe, mm. and I'm going to get to that, and mm. we're going to talk about the threats to the big tree that it's yep. experienced, and mm. I'm hoping Bromer might even have more to tell me about that. But the second thing is, yes, there are a lot of claims of bigger trees in the district. Mm, yes, and that there's is a lot of rumours. Part of our rivalry. The, yes, there's, yeah. and you will hear someone say, "Oh, so and so's got." And I've even gone to check out some of these. Mm-hmm. Did you take a measuring tape? Oh, for did the we girth? Take, well, to be honest, we may have had a measuring tape, but then I remember one. We got just got out there. We had to drive a half an hour. We get out there. We hear this old farmer's got this massive tree. Oh, he reckons it might be bigger than the big tree. And I just got there, and I just went. It's a bonsai, mate. It's a bonsai. (laughs) That's exactly right. And I was just like, oh. When you get to a certain height with trees, do you work out the height with like a weird Pythagoras thing? Yeah, I reckon. Do you reckon? Someone stands back and measures an angle and, yeah. Yeah. It would be a maths problem. You're not actually getting a big day measure. No. Or just scaling it with a tape. <laughs> exactly. You're not getting like a little, little like a grade two to come yeah. up to the top and drop down a string, mate. <laughs> no, that's not it. Funny you should mention that. I was going to say measurement of the big tree can be done in numerous ways and oh. uh, measuring its girth using children was a common. Mm. Oh. So how many kids can go around the I big tree? I can't remember that, hands? but I, I know at least a couple of times we were involved in, you know, going mm. down as a school and girthing how the many, tree. How many children <laughs> holding hands fit around okay. the base of the big tree? But, yeah, so it's not such a stretch to think that you could send a You'd want the young ones in there, wouldn't mm. you, to just get maximum number? I mean, number. there's the knob there to help you climb onto that first and then from there who knows how far you can go. Yeah. Well, um, I'm scared of heights, so obviously it's not for me, but one of my You'd children... You'd just be a hand holder at the bottom. I'd send up a child, <laughs> absolutely. Um, anyway, so, yeah, no, but people, yeah, it's something that people like to talk about. Is there mm. a bigger tree than the big tree? Mm. And I used to be interested in it, but these days I'm just like, the answer's no, guys, just stop. Yeah. It's the biggest tree in the district. Yeah. Just move on. It's like the enchanted tree. Is it the... In- no, what's that tree? The yeah. magic faraway tree. Oh, <sighs> Imagine if it was that. <laughs> exactly. Does it take your places, Bronwyn? If you sit on the Is there ground, a slide inside that you come out of yeah. on a cushion and a squirrel takes the cushion back? You go you? to Candyland or something? Yeah. Dame wash yeah. a lot there. <laughs> no, mostly you just obtain a sense of achievement from having got on the knob in the first place and that's pretty much all you can get. Yeah, you get on the knob, you get off, you might go to the general store. Yeah. Down to the river. Contemplate that time. To mm. the pub. That's pretty much it. Mm. So... This is getting into the controversy about, Mm. you know, people maybe damaging or destroying the tree. This is from the Mount Alexander Mail from the 6th of January, 1897. So this is a few years before the first article we read, and I've just got a very tiny little snippet to read for you. It says, from Geo Tullow, I think Geo is short for George. I think so. I had to look that up. Um, (laughs) So obvious to you, but <laughs> from Geo Tello and five others requesting the council to cause that the large tree at the intersection of Friars and Ballarat Street in Guildford 
to be lopped off at a certain height. Petition to lie on the table for five months. So no idea such threats had existed. Yes, so, so long that, ago. So these tallow people were wanting to lop the big tree. Are there still tallows in the district? You wouldn't know. There probably are. No, there's. I, I mean, I if tried anyone, to anyone, there's several. You know, have been run out of town. Several historians living in Guildford that if they ever listen to this, they were going. Of course, Bromman. Of course. They are. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's Jack Tallow. There's Bill Tallow. <laughs> there's his cousin Margie. Um, <laughs> Um, but, um, so that, that, you know, had me worried. Mm. I mean, I shouldn't have really been worried because it's like when you're reading one of those, um, like exciting autobiographies where, you know, is a person going to die in the fire? And it's like, well, no, because they they wrote the book, Mm -hmm. you know. That's true. We know the big tree survived. Yes. But it did worry me. And so I kept searching and then, and I managed to find the follow-up from it. So this is from the Mount Alexander Mail from the 3rd of February, 1897. So it didn't actually lie on the table for a whole month. No. Obviously they just decided it was bullshit and uh, <laughs> decided to get on with it. But no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't spoil it, but I'll read what happens. The petition from John Tullow and others to have a tree in the Guildford Reserve cut down or lopped as it was a source of danger was also considered. The matter was left to the engineer to deal with. Now, I don't know who that engineer was. He does not need a name. But he was the hero of Guildford because he obviously decided, don't be stupid, we're not lopping mm. or cutting down the big tree. Mm. Wow. But I wasn't able to find out who that person, who that hero was. But it would be good if someone could and maybe a little. I would also like to know at what height these tallows deemed it safe. Well. They said only want it lopped to a certain height. Well, exactly. Who knows? And why? Why is it dangerous if it's tall but not I don't know very weird I did because because I was searching Guildford trees I Mm. did find a number of articles about lopping like they were just constantly lopping and (laughs) cutting down trees and that they considered dangerous it was just what you did but in your lifetime Mm. have there been threats to the big tree yes there was once talk of a road I believe a different road coming down that would yes that would come too close or Threaten it in some way. Again, apologies, Guilfordians. Don't <laughs> shout at me when you see me down the street uh, for not remembering this accurately. But not for a long time right. has there been. I think now it's just accepted that, it, you know, it's it's a sacred place. Yes. So that so I remember Miranda, our housemate who we mm-hmm. lived with and we went to school with her as well, she used to talk about remembering going to a protest to save the big tree. Oh. So that would have I would been have, that time. I would think that is what that refers to. So they weren't actually ever planning to cut it down, but the road was maybe going to go a bit close. I think so. Maybe they, were going to, maybe they were going to have to lop some of it to uh, make it safer. We don't like lopping. No lopping here. I did hear that recently there was a storm, like in recent years, wasn't mm-hmm. there, and the big tree lost a lot of branches, didn't it? It did, yes, and I think periodically it's, you know, it's likely assessed for safety and yeah, you wouldn't has some th- has has branches lopped, but you know, not not to uh, reduce its height, and you can't affect the girth. No, no, there's <laughs> nothing you can do to affect the girth. <laughs> so the Guildford Primary School Bromwen, you just showed us a picture of that, and I noticed that the big tree is actually featured on the primary school uniform. Most certainly. So I have a picture of me in grade prep and me in grade five. Wearing the lovely bright yellow 
uniform that, that we had. So safe. That is so safe. Yeah. And I had something else that I wanted to say about Guildford Primary School because I remember hearing that cling wrap was banned. Oh, that wow. sounds very before its time. Exactly. Banned ban food tra- day. Exactly. Yes. And I tease them and Miranda and I was oh. like, oh, it's so funny the cling wrap was banned at your school, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know. And look at you now. Ago. And now what am I doing with my bento boxes every morning? Yeah. What are you doing, Penny, Exactly, with your putting the strawberries in the different compartments and but, hoping it doesn't all get mushed up together. Yeah. But did she tell you why the cling rack was banned? Yes, because it was going into the paddock next door mm-hmm. and the cows were eating it. Correct. Oh. And that's just... So everyone had to take muslin wraps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Guildford is a very progressive place. Yes. Just not with their wind-cheated designs for the primary school. Oh, actually, well, that's a beautiful... I, I quite liked it. And even, even today, uh, you know, our... Uh... This doesn't work with all skin tones. No, no, it's polarising. <laughs> Especially in this photo here. Like, there's a definite yellow... Oh, you've definitely glow. transitioned to the side pony really well. Oh, well, I never did my own hair. My mother did that, and she will have chosen the yellow ribbon to go in it oh. and the clothes I'm wearing. I don't... Right now... It's now um, have to get those kids around that tree. Yeah, yes, holding indeed. hands. <laughs> they will have enough, won't they? To to get around that. Maybe oh no, no, they will not. They will not. They no, they're not going to. Not be in this first year. Girth. Perhaps in future years they might, but no, they will not have enough children. Where are those kids going to primary school at the moment? They are well. Guildford Primary School is an annex of nearby Campbell's Creek, so they are actually going to be the Guildford campus of Campbell's Creek. That's what happened to Guildford okay. the year after I left, actually. We're hoping one day that Guildford is going to become uh, the camp- a campus of Newstead. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's our aim. <laughs> like we hope that New Zealand will become a campus of Australia. Oh, God. Mm. I'm happy to go the other way at the moment. <laughs> yes. I've got – so I was a little bit disappointed that obviously referring to the big tree as the big tree and, like, if, if, if there was a newspaper now, mm. most of the articles from Guildford would be about the big tree. But obviously <laughs> back in these days, I don't know if people were spoilt for trees or whatever, but they didn't talk about it that much. But I did find one other article on Guildford that I thought I'd like to share with you just because it's very, very – It's yeah, it's very early in the in the township, the history of the township of Guildford. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from the Mount Alexander Mail, and it's from the 10th of September, 1858. And it's called A Pedestrian Trip to Ballarat. And it's about this person, I'm assuming it's a bloke, and he needed to go to Ballarat and he decided to walk. And so he's walking from Castlemaine to Ballarat. As you know. How long does it take to drive that distance? Oh, well, how far is it from Castlemaine to Ballarat? Oh, well, from Guildford to Ballarat is... 45 minutes to an hour, about 60 mm. kilometres. Not a solid choice he's making. <laughs> so let's say 70 to 75 kilometres, depending on which way you're going. Who knows? You probably could have walked mm. a more direct route back then. But now, you, mm. yeah. now you're confined to the roads. You may not cross. Yeah, not jumping in and out paddocks. of paddocks. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to look up Guildford to Ballarat just to see how far it is. It's 70 kilometres. Oh, well, sure. Oh. Accurate. I am. Wow. Well, Except I said it was 60. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said 70, 75. We'll stick From with Castle Maine. I was adding oh, no. Castle Maine. Oh, no, 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 mm. sorry. Yeah, no, Castle Maine. It was, yeah, we'll do the full distance. 80, 82, mm. 83, depends, mm. yeah. Mm. Don't okay. need Google Maps, just take Bromwin. Exactly. If I was going to, oh, it's no one I'd rather walk from Castle Maine to Ballarat with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll sponsor you. Exactly. <laughs> okay, great. A pedestrian trip to Ballarat. Leaving Castle Maine about 9 o'clock a.m., I reckon he should have started earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And taking a southwesterly direction down Campbell's Creek to where that stream falls into the River Loddon, a distance of about eight miles. 
I found myself at Guildford. The township, which is approached by a substantial wood bridge crossing the Loddon and extending about 100 yards in length at an elevation of some 50 feet above the usual watermark, is very pleasantly situated and has all the appearances of a neat English country village. Because that's what they were doing back in those days. They were coming to a new country and going a new place and just going, let's try and make this look like the old place. Mm -hmm. Get the rabbits over here. Yeah. Uh, let's just wreck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the banks of the river for miles, both above and below the township, are studded with well-cultivated forms of various sizes, some of which are extensive. So at this point it feels like he is enjoying, he's looking at Guildford and he is saying, good. It is generally supposed that at some future day Guildford will be a very important agricultural town. Most of the ground in the district being well adapted for the art of husbandry and tillage. Uh, just, yeah, basically wrecking the place again. Yeah. At present, however, it has a very dull and inanimate appearance. <laughs> <laughs> and is minus both private and public buildings or institutions worthy of any remark. The bridge before alluded to being the only work in the neighbourhood to attract the stranger's attention. Wow. wow. He's so a Debbie Downer, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he built it up and then he just slagged it off. Yeah. yeah. 1858. 1858. Obviously That's didn't really notice the big tree. No, he hasn't mentioned it and he's on the way to Ballarat, so he should be walking straight past it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't 100% trust this dude. And he says, having refreshed the outward man at the only hotel the place can boast of. <laughs> Still on Harsh. one pub. Still going to go on. Yes, it has got It's a one pub town. I proceeded on my march and to prevent the chance of being lost in the bush, directed my footsteps by the line of telegraph, which is fast approaching completion between Castlemaine and my journey's destination. And then he goes on to walk to Ballarat and be, quite frankly, extremely racist along the way. Mm. Um, because he meets some Chinese people and it's just... But what the thing that I found uh, a little bit funny about this article... It's in the Mount Alexander Mail. And um, so underneath this article, so this is an article that runs for a couple of columns. It's quite long. And then underneath there's an article called The Ballarat Murder. (laughs) Oh. So we've got man goes for a walk and then we've got murder, which is the body of a murdered man was found lying with his head against the shed. Oh, God. And the feet in the waterhole. And carries on in quite a grisly description. So, but I do quite like the fact that um, was that him that was murdered? The man? No, no. It's a different, oh, disappointing. Maybe it was a threat. It's a different guy, but I just like the fact that those two things are sort of put on the same yeah. level. But I thought it was interesting to to go back and and look at Gilford, and who knows what he would have made a Newstead at the same time. He probably would have walked through and gone, "Oh, that was it." But how many pubs did hole. Newstead have? Well, we know it. It's at its height. It had three, but mm. um. I don't know, in 1858, that mm. is quite early. Yeah, well, uh, I was just checking here in oh, my uh, bicentennial Guildford history uh, that I was wondering why he thought it so dull and that was clearly because it was after the uh, the period of the gold rush where Guildford, in fact, had many, many pubs and really thousands of people living there, including, wow. I believe, the greatest number of Chinese miners to... Congregate yes. in one area. So hang on. So when was oh, this? Is terrible. yeah. When was the gold rush? Is that what you're asking? That's what I'm asking. Well, I'll ask it because you're supposed it to be the, the smarter I person. I thought it was in 
This book's a little bit vague for my liking, but it says the first settlers moved in, white settlers, the 1840s and early 1850s, mm. when the population was comprised of hundreds of gold fossickers okay. in the vicinity of Guildford, Vaughan and Friars Creek. Yeah. So obviously, uh, and then it goes on to say that population figures at that time were not known, but when the borough of Guildford was proclaimed in 1866, there were 250 ratepayers. So we have gone quite well down. How many ratepayers now? Ah, Probably not a great deal more than 250, I've got to say, wow. in the 300s perhaps. Yeah, okay. so that's how many people live in Guildford now. So we've, we've maintained mm, since from 1866. The 18th. Yes. <laughs> With a big peak in the middle. But, yes, apparently there were, there were a great many pubs, way more than Newstead's three. There were like <laughs> 30 pubs, I you think. You do a pub crawl in Guildford. Yes. So it's, it's quite weird. He must have gone in, in like a lull period. Yeah, or perhaps the, you know, the, the great surge had ended, all the, the gold had seemingly been found and they'd already... And they hadn't vacated. built any buildings, any permanent. Oh, there were, there were buildings, it says there was... Uh, he reckons there's only a bridge. Well, I was just reading this and it says there was a candle factory and a soap maker established in 1855 and 1857, so this man should have yeah. possibly seen should that. bought some candles and mm-hmm. soap. Maybe it was from Newstead or something. <laughs> and he just inherently had <laughs> just... an issue <laughs> with Guildford. Hmm. I really want to read that book now. And the school was opened in 1858, but not until later in 1858. Okay. So, yes. I did find, and I, and I chose not to read them because I, I felt that they were a bit negative, there was a lot of problems with the septic issues, sewerage oh. in Guildford. Fantastic. <laughs> and there were, so I, I should I knew not <laughs> these issues. Yeah, and apparently, well, I think... I'm going off memory now. I read a few articles. There was a bit of an issue where I think Guildfordians had a system of holes. <laughs> oh. And it was felt that they weren't working very well and then a new system was brought in mm-hmm. but then the people of Guildford were not using it properly. Oh. We were slow. And not, and then everyone was like, can't we just go back to the holes? Oh. oh. We were stuck in our holes. <laughs> yes. Let's not move forward. Let's go back to the holes. Well, look, <laughs> our, our population hasn't grown a great deal. No. Um, so, yeah, thanks for bringing those Bronwyn. And I, I really want to read um, that book on Guildford now. Mm, I'm uh, sure there are more up-to-date yeah. histories that have been I think you need to start compiling a more recent history. Yeah, you could easily become one of Guildford's you historians could, yeah. with your background. I once got to transcribe the, the works of another local historian who has now passed away, but he, he was the keeper of much oh. of the information, mm. and I believe he, I believe he contributed a lot of information to this book. Um, but yes, at one point, my father managed to get me a brief job of transcribing some of his nice documents ah. back in my, you know, eager history student days. He'd know all about that time the horse escaped. Oh, he uh, would. He would probably know what street. colour the horse yeah, was exactly when it had last been shod. All of that. <laughs> I was going to say, in only a few years ago, there were. Horses on the run. Oh, in, on the same on, on the, the trot on the sa- in the same place. So crossing the bridge, literally, as horses escape from their paddock. But you know, they they caused quite the stir. Oh, I didn't. Ooh. I didn't see it on the news. Of course, now there are cars <laughs> for them to. Um, Probably made the local Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there a local Facebook? The resident there most page? certainly is mm. a Guildford Facebook group. 
Well, thank you so much, Bronwyn, for coming and talking to us about Guildford and my very favourite topic, the big tree. It's thank been you. years since it I've has got been. to I think I need to get in a car and go and look at it. You won't be disappointed. It's no, like, I feel I won't. It's like the Grand Canyon, you know, because you hype it up and you worry, oh, will it really seem big when I see you, it? You yeah, will think, oh, well, the, the, the probably hours that Penny and Bronwyn spent <laughs> needlessly arguing Newstead versus <laughs> Guildford and the importance of the big tree or not. Yeah, they were well spent. <laughs> yeah, they were well spent. Yes, definitely. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing the big tree. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably say thank you for. Ha- where, where, where should we pause? And I should say thank you for having me or something. Oh yes, you'd be grateful, Bronwyn. <laughs> you'd be grateful. You're driving all this way. <laughs> Lucky lass. <laughs> uh, she doesn't even have a hot drink. I didn't even make her a hot drink. Anyway, oh, she I said thought, no. I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. Thanks okay. for coming, Bronwyn. Thank you for having me, Penny and Christina. Thanks, Bronwyn.